It's time to talk some Boston College hockey. We're going to look back at a Providence series that had some ups and downs and get ready for a big weekend series against Merrimack. We have BC Hockey Blogger on to talk about it again. This is an episode you ain't going to want to miss. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Put the footballs down, get off the parquet. It's hockey time here at Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On for $20 off your purchase. For the second straight week, we are joined by BC Hockey Blogger to talk about BC Hockey. Now, the last weekend, we saw BC play Providence in a home-and-home game, uh, series in which our friend on the other line, Predicted it exactly. BC split the series, winning 7-1 and losing 4-3. Uh, both teams um, holding home ice. BC Hockey Blogger, how's it going? Hey, AJ. How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Oh, um, it was a pleasure. We had such great uh, reactions to your last episode here. So let's get into this. First game was was dominance by Boston College. 7-1 to win. Talk a little bit about what happened in that game and how BC just basically took over it was the second period wasn't it yeah 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 it was kind of a weird game um for bc scores on the first shift of the game oscar yelvick uh puts home uh, a goal after a really nice passing play between him and his line mates Gasso and, and, and gotier um so you know their first game back from break and they, and they score on the first shift obviously they had a lot of momentum after that um but then, you know, kind of halfway through the first, I thought Providence kind of made a push. And BC was a little bit on their heels. Um, and Bauer had to make a couple really good saves. I think BC had to kill off um, a penalty almost right after they scored. I think Gasol took a, took a holding penalty. And the, the penalty kills have been so good all year. I mean, they gave one up on, on Saturday, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, in terms of... You know, from last year to this year, one of the biggest improvements has been their penalty kill. I think they're 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 second in the country right now. Last I looked, maybe third. Uh, I think at ninety one percent. So once they once they killed that off, um, it was kind of a, a a period that was played in the middle of the ice. There wasn't a lot going on, which happens a lot when they when they play Providence. You know, Providence is a very defensive team. They're tough. They're physical. Um, and then yeah, the second period was was just a, an onslaught. Um, they scored six goals in the second period. Um, in, in total for the game, they had seven goals on 24 shots. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, a math expert by any stretch, but that, that's not a great save percentage for, for the Friars. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, Armstrong uh, put a goal in uh, kind of early in the second. It was kind of a bang-bang play. Providence turned it over in their own end. BC gets that, that two-goal lead. And then from then on, I think they, they scored, you know, four goals. I'm looking at it now. They scored four goals in, in 10 minutes, including that goal. Uh, the freshman line was, was phenomenal, although they got, they got a little lucky on, on some of the goals. Providence just could not get a stop. Um, so, you know, looking back on it, I, 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 you know, 
you always love to be Providence. You know, the rival is a good win. I, the score probably wasn't indicative of, of, of how Providence played. It was probably a little closer than a seven to one game. Um, you know, the third period, BC was just kind of trying to stay, you know, stay uh, in, their, in their own end and not have anything too bad happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought my, my, the biggest positive I took from Friday night's game really was, was the play of the third line. They will vote scored his first game of the year. I, I thought Malone played a little better. Obviously, Armstrong had a goal, uh, which I believe is his first, was his first of the year. Um, so to see them step up, you know, I wrote in my midseason column that they really need the third and, third and fourth line to, to get a little more in terms of the score sheet. Um, and that was a step step in the right direction for them. I thought Vote and Armstrong played uh, their, their best games of the year on Friday. Malone was very good too. So that that was probably my biggest takeaway. And when you looked at how BC scored six goals in that second that second period, mm-hmm. you mentioned in your article that Providence goalie was really struggling. Was it was it by the end just like his confidence was completely shot, and that BC was just kind of toying with him? Yeah, I, I mean, if I look back on it, the Armstrong goal was not a, a fluky goal. BC made a nice play on, on a turnover. Uh, but it was that line, that third line, uh, and Armstrong really had had a tapping goal. It was not a, not a bad goal by any stretch. But you know, you look at it. Leonard scored. I think it was BC's fourth goal. He scored from the corner. Um, we all know what, what Gautier could do with a shot, but you know, he it was a wrist shot from from just inside the blue line through traffic. I'm sure Providence probably want to have that one back. And um, Smith had one too that was probably um, not not the not the, the prettiest goal that, that BC scored all year. But I mean, a goal is a goal, so yep. uh, you take what you can get. Um, but I, in, in, like I said, in Providence's defense, I, I don't I don't think it was really as lopsided as the as the score indicated. Um, and to their credit, you know, they, they will talk about Saturday, but they really pushed back hard on Saturday. And uh, they're a good team. Like, it, it's hard. It's really hard to beat a good team three times in a row. And uh, I thought, I thought, I thought it, was a, it was a good, good hard series. A good series for BC to, to get started for the second semester. It's a, a, a hard team to play against. That's what they're going to have to go against in the NCAA tournament. Um, so it, it was a good experience for them. So, question for you: We you, we were in attendance for the home game, right? Yeah, yeah. How bad? I I saw a lot of Flyers fans complaining uh, that they weren't allowed in, and they all had their you know Gautier signs or whatever. Was there a big contingent of them there, or what was the what was the Philadelphia um, attendance like in that game? So there's definitely a number of them there. I wouldn't say that they were very vocal. Um, I, there wasn't like one section of the rink that was, you know, 20, 30 orange Flyers jersey. But walking around in between periods, I, mean, you cert- I, I certainly saw, I don't know, a, a handful. And then when I was walking out of the rink after the game, I saw the tweet about them all trying to get in and, and being, you know, brought to the side just to, for security to kind of figure out what was going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you kind of expect it, right? I mean, those, yep. those Philly fans, like we said last week, those are not the type of people that you want to piss off. Yep. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised 
you know, I saw there was one fan that got, I think you could do tours of the locker room before the game. And one fan got in and uh, maybe this was on Saturday, got in and went up to Gautier's locker and took a picture, you know, flip him up, flipping him off or something. Well, he wasn't in the picture, obviously, but flipping right. off his, his locker stall. So, I mean, that, that's kind of expected, I think. I mean, that's, it's Philly. I mean, they're, they're crazy about sports. You know? Yep. You got to yep. think something like that's coming. You know? Arizona Coyote fans won't be doing that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so let's, let's get to Saturday's game. Uh, mm-hmm. Back and forth, and Providence comes back and wins this one. What happened, and how did BC uh, – How BC clearly was struggling a little bit more on the offensive side this game than they were on Friday. Yeah, I thought Saturday was kind of um, the total opposite of Friday. Um, BC lost by a goal, but uh, really didn't deserve to even have even been in the game. I thought the third period they had two separate one goal leads in the third period, but I thought Providence, you know, thoroughly outplayed them for really the entire game. Um, you know, BC once again got off to a great start. It was pretty much a, a carbon copy of, of the start from Friday night. Uh, Yelvick put in a, a really nice goal after a great passing play from his line mates, uh, just like on Friday. So you, you, know, you got that one nothing lead, and they go into the, the second period with that one nothing lead, and they, they just they could never get that second goal. They could never get that two-goal lead. They had three separate one-goal leads throughout the game, and they, they couldn't get that second goal. Um, you know, uh, when I look back on it, the third period they had a couple – you know, bad defensive breakdowns. And that, that's why they, they lost the game. Fowler was so good in the first period uh, and for a good chunk of the second period, Providence should have had three or four goals after 40 minutes. And he, he kept BC in the game, let alone letting them have a lead. Um, and, you know, I look back on it, the, the, the winning goal for Providence was a really bad uh, defensive breakdown on BC's part. Uh, they had a defenseman that, that just uh, – you know, lost this guy behind him. Um, after they lost the faceoff, you know, we've talked about faceoffs all year, but it, it really wasn't an issue during that game or really all weekend. But of course, you know, the one one of the faceoffs they were, you know, the shot gets through. They could have been blocked by one of the forwards. It's not blocked. Defenseman loses this guy. Providence scores. So um, you look at that. They had a BC had a beautiful power play goal. They've been They've been so good on special teams this year, both power play and penalty kill. Um, I really, I, I think that's a, a, one of the strengths of this team. Um, you know, they have so much talent on on their top power play unit that every time they're on the ice, they're a threat to score. Uh, I think it was Perot who, who finished off a great passing play between him and uh, Leonard on the, the third BC, sorry, the fourth BC goal, which is the power play goal. Uh, they finally gave up a, a, a power play goal to Providence. That, you know, they haven't given up many power play goals this year, but, uh, you know, Providence tied it in the first uh, on, on a, a goal that BC probably would, would want to have back. But, you know, like I said, it's hard to beat a good team three times in a row. So that's kind of how, how I looked at it on the ride home on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think there's no shame in losing to Providence at Providence. They're a good team. All right. Excellent analysis as always. In a moment, we're going to start to preview BC Plays Merrimack 
in a home and home. And I want to hear BC hockey bloggers thoughts on what this weekend series could look like for BC. And if they should expect more than a split in this one, we'll get into that in just a moment. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So easy. With the NFL playoffs continuing, if you're thinking that Zay Flowers is going to have a big weekend, maybe a touchdown, you can go in and do an anytime touchdown bet for Zay Flowers. Or you can go parlay. Maybe Lamar Jackson's rushing total or it was Zay Flowers receiving yards and then Zay Flowers, you know, touchdown along with Ravens covering. You can do a four leg parlay. You can do a five. leg. I mean, you can go do whatever your imagination can come up with for the for the playoffs. You can find that all so easy to use on FanDuel. So make sure to go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get that special deal. Make sure first bet a layup. With FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked on BC, I am your host, AJ Black. Joined with our weekly guest, BC Hockey Blogger. So we're we're heading off to Merrimack. And Merrimack sits at 10-10, and 10 and they're 3-7 and seven in the Hockey East right now. This is the team that knocked BC out of the Hockey East tournament last year. Um, and they're always a tough team. They're always a tough team to play on the road, like every team in hockey East basically could be. What are you expecting for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Merrimack is always hard to play against, especially up at Waller. And they, they returned the favor in BPC at BC last year, which they have they have not done very often over the last 15 years. Um, I think it's going to be very similar to the Providence series. Merrimack's an older team. They're big, they're physical. Uh, that 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 sheet up there, there's not a lot of room. Uh, much like Schneider, you, you know, you get the puck and boom, you're gonna see someone right on top of you. Um, so it's not it's not gonna be a game. I don't think where BC can can expect to just zip it around in the neutral zone and have a lot of odd man rushes up and down the ice. Um, it's gonna it's it's gonna be tough. I, I know that Merrimack maybe isn't having the season that, that they thought they were gonna have it. They brought back a ton of guys from the team that made the NCAA tournament last year, and they've got some really good players. Uh, Jeff Alex Jeffers, uh, who may or may not be hurt. I, I had heard something they might be hurt. I don't know exactly if he's playing or not this weekend. Uh, Matt Capone, who's a, a mass kid, is a real good player. I think he's an Islander draft pick. Um, so they, they, they have skill. It's not like they're just a bunch of 24-year-olds just running around hitting people. They have some, they have some good players. Um, so I, I like, like we said last week, this is as deep as hockey has ever been. So I, I don't really go into any weekend saying, oh, you know, definitely going to be a sweep because every team's tough. Vermont's tough. BU's going to have their hands full at Vermont this weekend. I mean, it. Maine, UNH, those are teams looking to make the NCAA tournament after having a couple really down years. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and Northeastern, they, they beat BC despite only having, I think, one other hockey East win all year. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm expecting another split, to be quite honest with you, just because of, of how hard it is to play up there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. 
So I have to I have to share a personal story about Lawler. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there before, and I know they've done some work on it recently. But you know, I've gotten to football games uh, at enemy in enemy territory. I've mm-hmm. never had as much crap uh, thrown at me verbally and, and like stuff thrown at me <laughs> than I did at Merrimack. I came in wow. there with BC gear on, and that and it's a barn. It's like people are on yep. top of you. And I came oh, in yeah. around. I came in around one of the sides where all the students were and had to walk past them to get to where my seat was. Oh yeah. And yep. they were not happy to see me. And no, so they, man. I got, I, they were nasty to me when then, then when I had to go back out to go to the bathroom, they were nasty. And there was nothing inappropriate, but they were just all, all over right. me. And it was a game. I think BC lost with like two seconds left in the game. Um, yeah. I forget, I forget what year it was, probably like 2016, 2015. Um, mm-hmm. But that it's it's that kind of atmosphere there it's so people are just on top of everything there um mm-hmm. and it's a cool spot i i have family members that went to merrimack so um just a good good experience and uh i i'm I was interested to hear what your thoughts were on on merrimack and they're they're tough out they're going to be a tough out this weekend so mm-hmm. what in a moment, BC Hockey Blogger and I are going to wrap things up. But there's some recruiting talk that I want to get into with him. There's a new commitment. I want to hear his thoughts on that. We'll get into you know, what who this player is and what he could bring to BC and where the kind of the current uh, landscape looks like for BC football, rec- uh, BC hockey recruiting. Excuse me, I talk about football constantly. But this is a hockey episode today, AJ, to talk about hockey. We'll get more into hockey in just a moment. Now, if you're going to a, a game, maybe you're going to BC Hockey, you shouldn't have to wait when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Now, I just mentioned, maybe the Merrimack game, tickets are kind of hard to find by. And you're living up there, you're by Andover, and you're thinking you want to go to this game. They have the view from where your seat is going to be at most stadiums. And I bet you Lala would be there as well. So you can find where you're going to sit and know what kind of ticket you're buying before you do. The thing I love most about game time is that when you see the price for your ticket, that is the price you're paying. There's no hidden fees. There's no, um, you know, sticker shock when you actually click the button and it's another, you know, 30 bucks because you missed all these other fees that they're putting in. It's all right there. There's no hidden fees. There's nothing like that. Makes game time easy to use. I love it. And it delivers your tickets right to your app. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase term supply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black here, wrapping things up with BC Hockey Blogger, and this is our our weekly hockey episode. I I got a comment and um, they were saying the other day, man, you gotta stop talking about football and basketball. Hockey's the team that's playing well right now. I get it. And, you know, with the with the fans that have been going to the hockey games and stuff like this, hockey is is what should be talked about right now. Now, there was some big news about the future of the team as this week, a new commitment in terms of recruiting um, popped for for Greg Brown and his program. Can you talk a little bit about who this player is? What what why fans should be excited about him? Yeah, so they got a commit yesterday from uh, Graham Jones. Uh, He's a forward. 
he plays at the Shattuck St. Mary's, the powerhouse out in Minnesota. Uh, Sidney Crosby played there. I think Jonathan Hayes might have played there too. Um, he is on their U16 team. He's had a good year to this point. Uh, he's had, I think, like 50 points in 30-something games. Uh, he's drafted by uh, Fargo, USHL. So uh, assuming he sticks with the college route, he's, he's a first-round pick of the Western Hockey League, which is part of the Canadian Hockey League. Um, so that that's something to keep an eye on. It's been a couple of years since BC's had a deflection up north after we had so many years of, of worrying about certain guys going going north. Um, but yeah, I think I think he, he projects to be a third third line type player for BC. Um, I originally had him in my chart as coming to BC in 2025, but I think that'll probably be 2026. Uh, so I'll I'll fix that. Um, you know, I, I think it's 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 another it's another it seems like another good player for them in their pipeline. Um, obviously, people develop um, between the time of their commitment and the time they get to college. So there's no no telling in what will happen in in a couple of years. So um, I think overall they they have a, a their recruiting is in a, a pretty good spot. Um, you know, next year they have a smaller class coming in. Uh, I think right now I I have them. I, oh yeah, I got my chart here. They have five guys coming in next year. Um, but those three forwards are all really, really high-end forwards. Uh, Sandrial, who, who not drafted, leads the USHL in, in points right now. Uh, he's an older type forward, which, which is something they need. They have, they haven't had enough of those over the last couple of years and it, it's hurt them. Um, and then obviously Teddy Stiga is a local kid, um, Belmont Hill kid. Um, so he'll, he'll be a pretty high pick. In the in the draft this year, he's had a really good year for the for the NTDP. After maybe you know not not hitting his marks last year, um, and then obviously James James Haggins will be, I mean one of, one of the, the top rated recruits they, they've ever brought in. So those are the three forwards coming in next year, and they have right now have two defensemen. They have uh, Michael Haggins, obviously James' brother. Uh, and Will Skahan, who was previously committed to Wisconsin, he's a, a, a more defensive, he's big, physical type defenseman, kind of in the mold of a Steve Santini, Ian McCaution. Um, so I, I think right now the one recruiting kind of, uh, I don't, well, not recruiting issue, but one thing to look for is that obviously they're going to lose Eamon Powell on the blue line after this year. And you know, he doesn't get talked about as much as the three freshman forwards or, you know, I don't know if he even gets talked about as, as much as Manidian and, and Fortescue on the back end. He does so much for this team. He, he, he on the power play, on the penalty kill, even strength. Uh, he's such a good skater and they're, they're really going to miss him. Uh, he, he's by far their, their best puck moving defenseman. I'd say by far their best skating defenseman. Um, and you know he's a senior. He's, he, he'll 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 leave after this year, and they don't. I, I don't know if they have like a, a great puck mover coming in next year. So I think maybe they'll they'll try and look to the portal to fill that need. Um, they won't be losing much on the blue line, um, but 
that that's going to be a big hole that, that they're going to have to find a way to replace because um, he's such a, an integral part of the team and uh, they don't have an obvious replacement right now. So, the, sorry, my mic got unplugged. <clears throat> so, there's some good talent coming down the, the pike. How, how have you felt about Greg Brown? Like, has he brought BC recruiting up a level since Jerry York, or is it around the same? Where Where is he kind of at in terms of how he compares to his predecessor? I, I think he's done a great job. I think that it's, it's, it's hard in a way for him because he, he obviously he'd been at BC for so long, right? He won three national championships as an assistant coach. Uh, he's a player at BC, one of the best ever. Um, but the, the recruiting landscape changed so much. And it changed really right when he took over and with the portal, with NIL. And that, 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 that makes everything tougher in that it, it's, a, it's year round now. It, you're constantly looking at your roster. You're, you've got to worry about your own guys entering the portal, um, making sure that everybody's happy. And then on top of that, you obviously have to worry about the NHL signings, and, you know, which has always been there. But, you, you, you know, you try to gauge who's going to leave when. Um, and I, you know, I think they've, they've got a lot of good players coming in. I mean, I, I'm really excited about the, the recruiting class next year. I think, um, you know, depending on who leaves and who stays, they're, they're going to have a really good team next fall. You know, we're going to get through this season, but they should be really good next year. And, um, you know, there, there's some great local players who are eligible to commit in August to, um, who I think they're really going to go hard after. And I think the thing that, you know, that he would probably tell you is that they have to find a balance between the top end players and guys that will stay three or four years because, you know, as I've talked about this a lot, but they've been burned so often in the past by guys leaving unexpectedly, you know, take the 2016 team that made the frozen four. They had, at least three or four guys that they were not expecting to sign, sign, and they didn't have replacements. Now you have the portal, so it's easier to, to fill those those gaps uh, than it was in 2016. But um, I think I think he's going to have BC uh, as a competitive team for 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 the for the uh, foreseeable future. That, that's that's really all you, you can ask for as a fan. BC Hockey Blogger, it's awesome having you on. You, If you have not followed along either on Eagle Insider or on Twitter, or both, you should really follow him everywhere. If you're interested in BC Hockey, BC Hockey Blogger is the guy that you want to make sure you'd follow. He knows, he knows his stuff. If you want the ins and outs of this team and understanding hockey, he will teach you. I love following him because I'm learning more about hockey. I love hockey, but I, I feel like it's it, I'm going to school reading some of uh, BC Hockey Blogger's articles up on Eagle Insider. So we had him on last week. We had him on this. We'll have him on again this week, and maybe we'll have him on again next week. <laughs> so we're gonna follow- be you next weekend. So oh. we got to do something next week. <laughs> oh, he's so yeah. mark that on your calendar. He's coming on the yeah, show next yeah. week. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a big week next week. BC Hockey Blogger. Follow him on Twitter at BC Hockey Blogger. Uh, any other anything else you want to plug while you're here? No, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. Thanks, right. thanks again for having me on, AJ. All right. Thank you, BC Hockey Blogger. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black247. 
and over at Eagle Insider. Make sure you hit the like button on this podcast before you leave wherever you're listening. If you're on YouTube, that helps a lot too. And tell your friends about this. We have we have a great system going on right now. We have BC Hockey Blogger once a week. We have Beacon Street Ball talking basketball. We had Mitch on earlier talking football. We've got some great voices around Boston College sports that you need to be part of. So make sure you check us out because this is Locked On Boston College, your team every day.